0: As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Happy Monday, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. And as always, there is so much going on this week. I don't know if you have been paying attention to the closing arguments in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. We're going to talk about that and why it is so important to the remaining functionality and the absolute justice of our institutions to make sure we actually understand what is going on, not only in the justice system in this particular trial, but also how the media has constantly for the last year lied to you. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, friends, there is no way to spend this. Our country is in a state of emergency. We have seen a total failure of government, the botched exit from Afghanistan, the disastrous economic policies that have inflation soaring. Hey, remember when the Democrats said, you know, hey, there's not going to be inflation. Now they're spinning it to say that inflation is a good thing. This is coming up on Thanksgiving. This is insane. Your freedoms and liberties are at risk and are being infringed upon at this very moment with outrageous government overreach, the closing of businesses and mandates that violate our constitution. So now is the time for Americans to take steps to protect our finances and retirements. When times are turbulent, you need an asset that protects you. That's why I trust my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Gold offers a hedge against inflation and protects you from the volatile financial markets. Legacy Precious Metals is a company that you can trust to give you good patient counsel for your personal situation. Their team of experts has decades of experience helping Americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our families. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. All right, so the Rittenhouse trial. That is the big news this morning along with Steve Bannon. I don't know if you saw Rahim, uh, his co-host of War Room. His podcast actually live-streamed Bannon Uh, turning himself in and is now in basically political custody of an opposition opponent that is running the DOJ and the FBI as political warfare. This is what's going on in America today. So first turning to the Rittenhouse trial. Remember for a year, the media said things to you like, This is a kid who crossed state lines with an illegal weapon, and it was unlawful for him to be in possession of that weapon. He was actually criminally charged with this. This was the sixth count in this trial. The judge this morning looked at the statute, looked at the evidence that had actually been presented at trial, and dismissed that count. So this is why friends, you can't take legal advice or even an opinion from the court of public opinion. It matters what is presented in evidence at trial. It matters what the law actually says, not what these supposed social media fact-checkers or, you know, the analysts like Jeffrey Tubin on CNN that got slammed by this judge saying he has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. From the very beginning of this trial, remember I said to you on this program, we have to wait and see what evidence actually comes in at trial. And then because we're all allowed to watch this case from start to finish because it's been live streamed we actually have seen the evidence that the prosecution has presented as well as the defense of self-defense. So even for all of the conservatives that have been proven right, of course, that there is a clear case for self-defense, it's always dangerous ground to get ahead in the court of public opinion of a court of law when you're dealing with criminal charges in this type of a situation. So now that we have the judge in the Rittenhouse case who's actually dismissed this count and they went through jury instructions, which are a huge and critical part of any trial, the actual jury instructions that they take back and they have to fact find according to the law as written. Now there is An element called jury nullification, which basically means that the jury can look at the law, but they can say, you know what, in this particular instance, we are choosing to go against that and we're choosing to say that we are going to find this person not guilty anyway because we think that the law is catching him in a way that is manifestly unjust and unfair. Now, the the defense is not allowed to specifically argue jury nullification, but that still is a principle. And my good friend, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, actually tweeted about that. He talked about that over a year ago. But the important thing for our conversation today is the fact that when you have a media that has been framing this narrative for over a year – that Kyle was not allowed to carry a weapon in Kenosha that night, and they're framing him as a terrorist, as a vigilante, and these fact-checkers are making conservatives take down tweets that are saying, no, that was totally lawful and giving that opinion. They are trying to shape a narrative to make you and me think something that is manifestly false. That's what they do. In every political context that is to their favor, be very, very suspicious of any media narrative from the left that is quote unquote fact checked and they want to push a narrative that has not been proven in a court of public opinion. Look at how much they have done to Trump from Spygate to Russia collusion to the first impeachment hoax to the COVID narrative that he was mishandling this somehow to the second impeachment hoax to now what they're trying to do with January 6th, and that leads to Bannon today. I mean, this they are trying to malign every single person that has ever worked for Donald Trump and to say, oh, you can't exert executive privilege, you can't assert that. And they're trying to build this narrative falsely to get the American public to buy and believe a story as they have sold it in media, just like what they did for two and a half years on Russian collusion that ended up being utterly false, that they knew about. They knew about and were trying to peddle anyway. And so the first point here that is so important is don't believe the media's lies. Turn off the TV. It's ridiculous how much the mainstream media is trying to sell you Their version of reality that doesn't actually comport with the truth of the facts that always, always, always come out. The second key most important point today with that sixth count being dismissed with Rittenhouse, look at how coercive this is for the state to be able to charge a criminal offense that carries the potential possibility of jail time. And the conduct that they alleged does not even fit what the law describes. This is how the left is weaponizing prosecution and is forcing people like Rittenhouse to mount a defense against something that is perfectly lawful. So imagine, for example, that that was the only charge, right? Imagine that uh, the only charge, and, and let's say that, you know, it's a misdemeanor, Well, most people in America don't have, you know, several thousand dollars just lying around waiting to pay for an attorney to go in and represent them and to provide a defense for them. So most people, when they're faced with a low-level felony even or misdemeanors, they will end up pleading to some some other plea deal that the prosecution offers – simply as a way to get out of the situation because they can't afford to defend themselves. That is the difficulty, and that is the weaponizing of the justice system in America today. There are so many people, and I saw it myself as a prosecutor, and that's why I got out of prosecution and switched to defense. There were so many times that specific clients that I had were overcharged, and I would go to the prosecutor and say, The facts of this situation, even according to your own investigators, don't fit what you've charged. And I know what they were doing was trying to charge something that was a much higher level of felony or of offense just to plead it down to what they should have originally charged in the first place. That's not actually a plea bargain. That's not a great deal for my client, right? They need to charge what the facts potentially can fit. They need to do that in good faith. That's the interests of justice. That's going according to their oath of office. But what they do is they charge anything they think they can get away with to not have the judge do to them what he just did to the Rittenhouse prosecutors. They try to upcharge and they try to overcharge in every way possible so that then they can plead it down to something that they think potentially might stick. That is not justice in this country. It's coercive. And we end up with so many people who are railroaded through the justice system because either they have incompetent attorneys or, more often than not, they can't afford counsel. And while, of course, yes, we have a Fifth and Sixth Amendment uh, rights in the context of criminal defense, and one of those things includes the right to an attorney – Uh, Depending on which state you're in, that's actually more complex than just saying, well, I'm charged with a criminal offense, therefore give me a lawyer. Um, A lot of times people who apply for a public defender uh, don't meet that standard in that particular state for uh, the offense that was charged, they for whatever reason uh, don't qualify under the standard of indigency, so they can't really afford a lawyer, but because they actually well, guess what, have a job and they're you know otherwise a good citizen, uh, they can't afford a lawyer, and so they don't have a public defender and even those who get public defenders and I think public defenders do an excellent uh, they they serve society in an excellent function and they're critical to the adversarial system, but they are overworked. And often they don't have time to specifically meet with their clients uh, and and especially when it's like a low-level misdemeanor, low-level felony, they are so overwhelmed that they go in not necessarily all the time being the most zealous advocates because they simply don't have time. So even sometimes clients can be railroaded into plea bargains that aren't actually representative of what happened. And it is the hallmark of American justice that we don't over-incarcerate. We don't overcharge. We don't try to coerce and manipulate for conviction rates or because that's the politically expedient thing to do. And you know what? The left usually agrees with this. If anyone has wanted criminal justice reform, it's been the left, right? They are against over-incarceration. Then you have, you know, this representative, this leftist uh, congressman who is saying, you know, incarcerate, throw Kyle Rittenhouse into jail and throw away the key. Are you kidding me? Just because he is perceived as a political opposition to whatever the going narrative of the left is, suddenly they're okay with a 17-year-old white kid being thrown in jail and and tossed away the key because he happened to be lawfully caring that night? This is insane. But this is the left. They will manipulate and coerce the narrative right along with mainstream media, and mainstream media by the way, a lot of people on Twitter are even advocating that just because a similarly situated 17-year-old black kid wouldn't, in their opinion, be getting a fair trial, and they think that a 17-year-old black kid who did everything, exact if the facts were exactly the same as Kyle Rittenhouse, this would be all about race. So they are suggesting that instead of saying, so look, we need to treat blacks who are charged with crimes with the highest presumption of innocence that our constitution requires the justice system to afford instead of saying that they're now wanting kyle as a 17 year old now 18 year old but at the time a 17 year old white kid to pay for the crimes that they perceive against the black race this is pure racism from the left this is all about collective guilt. This is about social justice to the left. And this is not whatsoever about looking at the actual facts of this circumstance. I had a friend who texted me um, just a few minutes before I started this podcast asking if I was watching uh, any of the media coverage of this. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm just live streaming what I can today of the trial itself. And one of the leftist networks had on a commentator in the midst of all of this that uh, was saying that um, th- was trying to compare this to a racially charged case several years ago, and I mean, if that had been the prosecution, the judge would have immediately said, "Stop! You can only talk about the facts of this case." But this is what the media does: they try to race bait, they try to falsify the narrative, they try to coerce us into believing all of these false labels like terrorist, vigilante. Um, you know, armed murderer, these types of legal conclusions, and the media is never held accountable for it. I hope that when and when Kyle is found not guilty, and he should be, because we've all seen you know, the, the evidence is closed at this point, And we have all seen the actual evidence that the prosecutor presented, they couldn't make their case, they could not overcome the presumption of innocence by virtue of the fact that self defense is an affirmative defense. If Kyle was acting in self-defense, as the judge said today, that's the whole ballgame. So for the people out there who are saying, well, you know, Kyle killed two people. Yeah, but justification defenses say that if you're acting in self-defense, that is not murder. You are not guilty of intentional homicide at that point. So the prosecutor hasn't made their case. But the media narrative has for a year continued to lie to us, the American people, and the Twitterati out there has continued to manipulate the narrative. The mainstream media and all of these commentators are trying to ignore the rule of law, ignore the protections of the Constitution, ignore all fact and truth, and simply coerce a narrative that is separate from the truth of reality. That's the same thing that this January 6th committee is also trying to do. And that's the same thing they're trying to do with Steve Bannon. I mean, look at this. No one has been indicted actually for contempt of Congress since 1983. The fact that they are doing this so quickly is in order to perpetuate a narrative. There is no way that when there is still ongoing litigation, the Supreme Court has never commented on the scope of executive privilege. Steve Bannon isn't the holder of that privilege executive privilege belongs solely to the president of the United States. And think about this. If a sitting president knew that executive privilege in his advisors would then be left up to his political opposition as soon as someone from the other party came into office and as soon as he's out of office, then privilege can no longer apply, then that's going to have a chilling effect on any advisor, that works for a sitting president, knowing that they could be compelled to testify against him or her as soon as the incumbent president leaves office. That's not the intention of executive privilege. The whole reason that privilege exists is to make sure that a sitting president can receive candid advice. There is also a separation of powers issue here. And that separation of powers means that Congress, in its oversight capacity, is still limited by the scope of privilege of the executive branch. Congress can't just inquire into anything they think that they're entitled to oversee. It would be the same thing, and I gave this analogy on Newsmax the other night, it would be the same thing as if the Dobbs case that's coming up on December 1st about abortion, when that decision is handed down, what if the current majority of Democrats in Congress don't like the way that the Supreme Court uh, decides that case, and they they decide. You know what? This is a terrible opinion, and we don't like that. We're going to start oversight of the judicial branch, and we're going to subpoena the records of the judicial clerks to all of the justices in the majority opinion that they don't prefer. We're going to subpoena all of the people that work for the justices and may have given them advice or talked to them about the case. Uh, we're going to subpoena the notes and the records of the Supreme Court. I mean, how absurd. Would that be Congress isn't entitled to that. Why? It's a they are coordinate branches. But Congress's oversight doesn't allow them to inquire into any decision or function of the executive or judicial branch just because they disagree. So, President Trump is right to push back and say no executive privilege matters and we have to make sure that we are not buying the media's narrative about any of this. We have to make sure that we are always fact-finding and we are seeking truth. And when it comes to the Rittenhouse case, I'm very glad that this was publicly televised because we are in real time watching the media narrative be utterly, utterly destroyed. And you are seeing CNN and MSDNC and all of these other you know, crazies out there. They are having to scramble to still have somewhat of their flailing narrative stay in place. Instead of being honest and simply being like journalists just reporting the truth, we as conservatives always have to speak truth. Never back down. Never, ever say that just because the political opposition has this torrent of narrative against you that somehow you just believe them. Always fact-find for yourself. Never believe the narrative from the media. And always consider— as conservatives, what precedent is this setting? Because if there is a precedent in this case at all, it needs to be a precedent that the rule of law still matters, that objective truth and fact-finding matters. And thankfully, thankfully, my friends, we have a court of law rather than just a court of public opinion or a complete circus theater that is the January 6th committee. Congress oversight at this point is laughable. They are weaponizing it and they are trying to weaponize every single institution in America right now. We can't let them as conservatives stand up for truth, speak boldly. Tomorrow I'm going to have my good friend uh, James Lindsay, who I got to see this past weekend at Liberty University. Come on, you're not going to want to miss this show tomorrow because we're going to be talking about hyper reality and the left's attempt to distort reality to further their own insane agenda. You're not going to want to miss that. It's been great being with you, and I'll see you tomorrow.